Merry Christmas, everyone. Today we're going to start off sharing with you the most joyful news ever announced that is for everyone. The story of Christ's birth as told in the Gospel of Luke. You know, it was in a setting something like this that over 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born. God didn't send him to a palace, but he sent him to a lone, lonely place, a stable, where he would be laid in a manger. Uh, boy, it's getting kind of, uh, how, how can I, it's getting kind of stinky up here after a couple <laughs> services. I mean, this was, this is like the real deal. But uh, Luke chapter 2 says, it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that thou were, while they were there, the days were complete for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and laid him in a manger, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, but behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And so it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And so they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made known widely the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all who heard it marveled at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them.
Jesus Christ was born a king, but not like any other king you can think of. He, the all-powerful, the almighty God himself, came down from heaven, not to be born in a palace, but to be born in a manger, in a barn next to donkeys and sheep. God humbled himself to truly understand what it was like to be you and me. This is how we know that God truly loves us. I hope you enjoy what Pastor has to say today in Born a King. What's the big deal about the baby in the manger? That little child in the cradle who becomes the king on the cross. Well, I think we all realize that it's significant that he was born literally in a manger, that he came to a stable. He didn't, wasn't born in a palace. You know, when people were looking for God, they, were, they weren't looking for him to come, for a savior to come the way that he came. In fact, it's very interesting when people think about God, they think about God in, in very different forms in the way that he came. People imagine him as a golden calf, a violent wind, an angry volcano, breathing fire, eating infants, fickled, ferocious, angry, to be avoided, to be dreaded, to be appeased. Um, if, you, if you've traveled much of the world, and you, you'll notice that false gods, idols, which people really think is their God, they're all ugly. There, there are not any good-looking idols. They're all ugly. You know, they've got multiple hands and fire coming out of their mouth and strong, big, like, teeth sticking out. I mean, they're ugly because that's what people think God is like. And what God did is he sent Jesus and had him born in a stable so that people would not be afraid. He wanted them to understand that God came as a human being in that he lived as a human being and he felt everything that you felt he understands the human experience and there is nothing that you will go through that God does not understand he is not distant he's close and it was his love that sent Jesus but he sent him because he wanted to have relationship with you remember it's in uh, Revelation 4:11 that it tells us that we were created for his pleasure. You know, God wants relationship with you. Uh, I, in, in the video, I mentioned, uh, I, I just love my little grandkids. And I just get, they, they, I just watch them, right? And like I said, every little thing is new and exciting, right? Yesterday, we gave them a couple presents. And every one of them, they're like, ah! You know, and they run around with it, you know? And then a little something else happens, and it's like, ah! You know, everything is, everything is exciting to them, right? And, and uh, I get pleasure. I mean, I just sit there and watch them, all right? And I laugh, and it gives me pleasure. Do you know God gets pleasure just watching you, just seeing you? And, and he created you for his pleasure that you would have a relationship with him. You know, and what Jesus does is he shows us what God is like, that he's near, that he's for us. If you're a believer, he's always in you, right? We could forget him, but he will not forget us. In Matthew, it says, Behold, a virgin will be with child, will bear a son, and you'll call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Not just God made us, not just God thinks about us, not God above, right? Not God cares, but God with us. No matter where you are, 
whether you're at home, whether you're at sleep, whether you're working, whether you're in your car, your kitchen, at school, the mall, wherever it is, it is God with us. In Luke chapter 2, it says, And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now we're in the same country, shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. They're living in the field. They're keeping watch. They're awake at night because that's really the, the dangerous time for the shepherd. That's when a thief could come. That's when most likely the lion, the wolf, the bear is going to show up. They're, they're keeping watch in case there's a storm, right? And they're keeping watch over their flocks or over their stock by night. I know some people that they stay up at night because of their stocks, right? Some because of their job, because of their marriage, because of their kids, because of their grandkids, because of their health, because of a relationship. But, but let me just say this. No matter what's keeping you up, God knows about it. God's concerned about it, right? And what we need to do is we need to put our trust and our confidence in him. Just like God had a word for those shepherds, God has a word for every one of us. There is a Savior. He cares for you. He loves you. He died for you. He wants to have an important part in your life. He wants to be the center of your life. He wants to move in your life on your behalf. The angels assured them, don't be afraid. I bring you the most joyful news ever announced. It's for everyone. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born tonight in Bethlehem. And how will you recognize him? You'll find him wrapped in a blanket, lying in a manger. And suddenly with, with that angel was joined a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God, glorifying God in the highest, singing, peace on earth for those who please him. Goodwill towards men. Notice the angel said, it's the most joyful news ever announced. Another translation says, it's the best news ever announced. Christmas is not about trees and bulbs and presents and eggnog, although eggnog is wonderful. Right? It's about how much God loves us, how he sent us a Savior so we could be in relationship with him. Listen to 2 Corinthians 5. For God was in Christ restoring the world to himself, not counting or holding men's sins against them, but blotting them out. This is the wonderful message he's given us to tell others. So what people believe that God's mad at them, that God is distant. But what God has done, the Bible says, he's not holding anybody's sins against them. He has blotted them out. He said, this is the wonderful message that we have, that we can share with others, right? That that baby grew up, lived a perfect sinless life, died on a cross and paid for everybody's sins, right? That baby in the manger becomes the king of kings, and the Lord of Lords. And the day will come when he will wipe away every tear. All our sorrows, our regrets, right? The manger gives us hope. It's the reason that we can have hope that there is a great future eternally for every one of us. His dying on the cross, his being born in that manger, it wasn't accidental, it wasn't coincidental, it wasn't random, it was God's plan. And again, why a baby? Because people had such strange ideas about God. A golden calf, a violent wind, an angry volcano, fire-breathing cow, 
somebody that eats infants who's fickled and furious and angry, someone to be avoided and dreaded and to appease. But you know, when you look at an infant, that's not what you think. Nobody was looking for a stable, for a manger. And he became, God left heaven and became a human being. Not like a man, but became a man. The creator of the universe came as a baby. So you would know that he understands you. You'd understand how much he loves you. At Lazarus' tomb, he cried. When there was a multitude, he understood their hunger and he fed them. The woman in the adult, committed an adultery, he forgave her. To the sick, he was a healer. To the oppressed, a deliverer. To the sinner, a savior. Not just a representative of God, not just a servant of God, not just an instrument of God, not just a friend of God, but God Amen. in the flesh, in a human body, so that we would understand he understands us completely. Right? God knew we needed a Savior. When God looked at humanity, he said, they don't need a Band-Aid. They don't even just need an operation. They need a Savior. Education can't save them. Politics and government can't save them. The White House, the Republicans, or the Democrats can't save us. Good intentions, good works, and good people. Jesus came to save us. Not to help us save ourselves, but he came to save us. He came to pay the penalty of sin so we could get back in relationship with God. This week I was thinking about Jesus' genealogy. Now, you talk about, you may think that your family is messed up. Let me tell you about Jesus' family, all right? You look up the family tree, right? You have Tamar, all right? She, she was abandoned and actually got involved in prostitution. Rahab was a prostitute. Bathsheba was an adulterer. And you look at, at Jesus' family tree, there was chaos in that family tree. It was crooked. It was gnarled. But you know, that chaos did not keep Jesus out of the world. And that chaos in your life or in your family tree will not keep Jesus out. It won't, right? Jesus came in spite of sin and scandal, in spite of racism and sexism, through people who forgot God, in spite of and out of pandemonium, as a miracle, God left heaven and came to earth. The very God, it says in Colossians, who said, let there be light, that was Jesus. That there was nothing that was made that was not made through him. Right? So you may be hearing this voice in your head saying, don't pay attention, get out, get angry, get high, get drunk. Right? But Jesus is speaking and he's saying, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. No matter how messed up, no matter where you've been, what you've done. But Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock, the door of your heart. He says, and if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And he stands at the door of every heart knocking, saying, open up, I'll come in. Right? You're never too old, never too messed up, never too worn out. Elijah was depressed. Still God came to him. Abraham was old, but God still let him out and used him. 
Moses was long retired when God called him. Jonah was running from God and God still used him. Jacob cheated on his family. Still God had a place for him. Peter betrayed Christ. Paul persecuted Christ. Thomas doubted Christ. But each learned it was not too late to receive him and for him to do great things with their life. The shepherds and the magi, they were the wise ones. They came. They worshipped. Herod, on the other hand, the king was threatened when he heard about Jesus and actually went and had all of the baby boys in Bethlehem murdered. People do one of two things. They feel threatened by what Jesus has come to do in their life or they accept him into their life. What's the big deal about that baby born in a manger? There's a, a, a little piece called A Solitary Life written some time ago. Let me read it to you. It says, a child is born in an obscure village. He's brought up in another obscure village. He works in a carpenter shop until he's 30. And then for three year, brief years is an itinerant preacher, proclaiming a message and living a life. He never writes a book, never holds an office, never raises an army, never has a family of his own, never owns a home. He never goes to college. He never travels more than 200 miles from the place where he's born. He gathers a little group of friends about him and teaches them his way of life. Will still a young man, the tide of popular feeling turns against him. One denies him, another betrays him. He's turned over to his enemies. He goes through the mockery of a trial. He's nailed to a cross between two thieves. And when dead, is laid in a borrowed grave by the kindness of a friend. Those are the facts of his human life. He rises from the dead. Today, we look back over 2,000 centuries. And what kind of a trail has he left across the time? When we try to sum up his influence, all the armies that have ever marched, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned are absolutely minuscule in their influence on mankind compared to that one solitary life. Now listen, Jesus, you can ignore him, you can fight him, or you can receive him. But we must do something with him. We have to do something with him. When Paul and Silas were in prison and an earthquake came and opened the doors, the jailer came in and said, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on Jesus Christ. Give yourself up to him. Take yourself out of your own keeping. Entrust yourself into his keeping and you will be saved. This applies both to you and to your household as well. We need to do something with Jesus. And it does no good that Jesus was born in, a, in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago and was laid in that manger if he has not been born in your heart. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. Pasquale was a mathematician born in 1623. In the 1640s, he invented a calculator. In the 1650s, he laid the foundation for probability theater, theory. He was an inventor, a physicist, a mathematician, a theologian. And over 40 years ago, I, I heard this quote from him. 
He said, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. He's saying inside of us there is something that is searching. People look in all sorts of places. Some look in relationships. Some look in things. Some look in wealth. Some look in a career. Some look in sex or drugs or alcohol. And they're trying to fill that void. But what Pasquale said is there's only one thing that will ever satisfy. And that's because you were created for relationship with God. You were created for his pleasure. And everything else you try is going to leave you empty. So Jesus said, you must be born again. He was saying, you need to turn your life over to me. Trust in me. Live for me. And when you do, the Bible says, at that point, to as many as receive him, to them he gives the right to be the children of God. He makes you a brand new person on the inside. If you've been watching the program today, but inside you're like, you know, I'm not where I should be with God. I need forgiveness. I need to get right with God. I'm away from the Lord. I, would, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me. But also, if you're watching, but you don't know where you stand with God. If I'd say, are you a Christian? You'd say, well, I'm trying to be. I hope I am. But the Bible says, know that you have everlasting life. You're supposed to know that you're forgiven, that you're right with God, that you're on your way to heaven. And if you don't know that for sure, you're not where you should be with God. And I want to invite you also to pray. Right? You're away from God. You don't know where you stand with God. I want you to pray this prayer with me from your heart. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again. And I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm not going to live for myself any longer. I'm going to live for Jesus every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven, that I'm a part of your family, a part of your kingdom, on my way to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer. And you are forgiven and right with God. You need, this is the first step into the kingdom of God. Now, you need to keep growing spiritually. So I wrote a small book to help you keep growing spiritually, full of bullet points to help you in your walk with God. Now, we want to give it to you free of charge. You can download an electronic copy, or if you'll contact us, we will send you a hard copy. All the information is right there on your screen. And I want to thank you for being with us. Thank you for the opportunity to share with you. God bless. Have a great day. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We're so happy for you. To receive a copy of Pastor's free book, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book be mailed to you. Or you can download it right there instantly. Either way, it's absolutely free. While online, you can purchase a copy of today's message, Born a King, in the WBF store. You can also download the scriptures for this message under the on-demand page. As always, we want you to know that we care about you, and we'd love to pray with you in any needs that you might have. Plus, we'd love to hear how God is using Walking by Faith in your life. You can connect with us on Facebook or send an email to yourstory@walkingbyfaith.tv. Have a wonderful and blessed Christmas. We'll see you next time.